WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding the finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I am here with Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and my partner at Outlines Venture Group. Uh, together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Good morning, Jillian. How are you this fine Monday? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ann? I'm doing all right. So Excellent. Now, you're sure about that. Uh, no well, bias in there, right? You're sure about that. <laughs> you never Sorry. know. Never know. <laughs> well, that's so, what we're going to talk about. Cognitive right. biases, right? <laughs> cognitive biases. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, what's, we're going to. What's the problem on. with cognitive biases? I mean, really? Uh, well, they can screw up your decision making for one thing. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes you can leverage them. And sometimes they're very, very screwy. But I came across this wonderful Business Week um, posting. At, it was a really fine compilation of about 20 cognitive biases that trip us up pretty much daily. Um, I think we should put a, um, you know, a link to this in our Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Again, that's facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Jump in there, hit the like button so we know you've stopped by, check out uh, this one and many other resources, by the way. And while you're there, uh, tell us what you'd like to hear at CEO Coach or shoot us an email, either Jillian or Anne at outlinesventure.com. And Jillian spelt with a G, Anne has an E at the end, so A-N-N-E at outlinesventure.com. Just tell us what you'd like to hear on this show, who you'd like us to interview, and we'll try to get as much of that as we can for you. So let's dive in. Yeah, into the soup of cognitive biases. What are they, Jillian? What are you well, talking a, about? Right. Okay, a cognitive bias is something that you preconceive in your mind when you approach any subject uh, that could you know, appear in front of you on the planet or I suppose off the planet at this point. Nevertheless, it means that it is the compilation of the things that you grew up with, that you've experienced, uh, that you see and hear and taste and touch and feel and so on and so forth. These are your cognitive biases. You have a history of experience and it speaks to what you look at in the planet. And this is a good thing. In other words, this is about learning right? You touch the stove and it happened, you know, mama was cooking. Well, it was hot and you were too. By three, you knew that, right? So it is that cognitive bias. If you get close to a stove, probably around dinner time or somebody standing in front of it, by three years old, you already know. Grown up in front of the stove, the stove's going to be hot, right? But it isn't always the case. Sometimes the stove is cold. So you need to make deeper connections into what it's all about. That's what a cognitive bias is. So let's, uh, should we jump into some of these? Yeah, give me some examples. Yeah, what's first, what's first on our list here? What's number one? Number one on our list is an anchoring bias. Aha. Yes. Aha. The, right. The over-reliance of a single, uh, the first piece of information you have. So, uh, for example, it, in a salary negotiation, we always talk about whoever makes the first offer establishes the range of reasonable possibilities in both those people's mind. 
right? So we often say in a sales conversation, whoever talks first loses. You know, yeah. what we're really yeah. saying, right? Yeah. So if you're going to go for a position, uh, you know, so this isn't for our CEOs, I suppose. It's for those who want to go get jobs with these CEOs, right? Uh, but if you're going to go uh, get yourself hired and so on, if you throw out the number at which you would like to be hired, you're talking within that range. Either they dismiss you out of hand and you say, no, we're not going to pay $300,000 to anybody. Never mind. You know, it's not going to happen. But if you say, well, I'm looking in the $50,000 range, you're never going to get 70 out of that conversation. They mm-hmm. might offer you 48 or 46 or 45. They might even say, you know, they'll, they'll blow you away and offer 52. Right? But if you've set a number, that's it. So as you set the valuations of your company, it's the same deal. See how that one just got a whole lot bigger? I, yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So we often talk about valuations being based on all kinds of things. And you'll forgive me, a lot of that is BS. Often, right. a valuation at the earliest stage of the company is not quite based on good, clean, blue sky without a cloud in it, right? But you're not plucking out some very hard numbers. You are really asking a venture capitalist to put their money down, or an angel, right, to put their money down based on a wing and a prayer and a promise. You think that the market for this is going to be this big. You think that you're going to be able to sell that much. And you think that you will be the dominant player in a field that perhaps has never existed before. Right? Or you're going to change the way the field existed. And that's the way you're going to make your money. Once you put that number down, you're not taking it back. You and I have an example in that one, Anne. We have a company where we set a valuation at 2.5 and we raised money on it. And then other people were going, ah, I don't know. I think that's too high. And I said, sorry, we're raising money on it. Yeah. Right? And then, well, how did you set your valuation? I was, you know, I said, well, there's no revenue. You're not going to set it on that. This is the wing and the prayer. But we believe this is a very fair valuation and even possibly low based on what we believe the potential to be. And that's potential markets, potential sales, potential domination, potential, yeah, all of that stuff. Okay? So that's the deal. Anchoring bias. Don't get over-reliant on that first piece of information. So the the, uh, discussion you just made about about our uh, uh, valuations, this, I think, leads to the next one, which is availability heuristic. Yeah. Okay. So an availability heuristic is this uh, propensity to overestimate the importance of information that is available to you. All right. So sometimes information available to you is not terribly useful. Right. Uh, for example, and it, it tends to be, if you will, um, experiential information. For example, a person can argue that smoking isn't unhealthy because they know somebody who lived to be 100 and they smoke three packs a day, right? On, in my case, for example, my own father was a really big smoker and he even inhaled pipes uh, and, you know, and so on. He died relatively young and the autopsy showed he had clean lungs. My mother literally said these words, this is not the correct autopsy, this could not have been my husband. Right? And when yeah. they queried her, she said, well, he smoked all that stuff. So it couldn't be, right? Well, the answer is sometimes that's the case. He had clear lungs, you know, but he was like one in those one in the million. He probably could have lived to 100, even though he smoked as much as he did. Surprise, surprise, right? That is not reliable information. So the availability heuristic is don't rely on these anecdotal and experiential things that you have. Dig deeper. There's better info out there. Okay. So back to our 
Uh, back to the list. What's next? No, back to our VCs is what I was thinking, you know, that we'd oh, love to talk yes. about. Because <laughs> the number three, I think, fits right into uh, some of the things we observe out there in the VC world. The bandwagon effect. Yes, the bandwagon is. If a whole bunch of people believe something, you are more likely to believe it. You can leverage that. I mean, the bad stuff is you get groupthink, right? And that's right. why these meetings can be so unproductive. I mean, it sucks, right? But you can also leverage it. Think about that deeply, right? If there is a bandwagon effect and a whole bunch of people think it's way, way cool, you should be putting that in your pitch deck. You should talk about the, as a metric of um, you know, uh, what you have accomplished should be how big is your community, how engaged is your community. You're, you're probably pre-revenue as you go out and raise these funds. So talk about different pieces for traction. And there are a number of different articles that are excellent about demonstrating traction before revenue shows up. A lot of them have to do, a lot of other people think this is a good idea. Right? Your customers, your potential customers, your, your people, uh, your community, all of those things. You can use the bandwagon effect to convince angels and VCs that this is an idea whose time has come. That's a great, that's a great positive way um, you know, mm-hmm. I can't see how that really impedes a decision. That's actually something you can leverage, and that's a good idea. We have yeah. about a minute, and I wanted you to talk about the um, blind spot bias. Mm-hmm. And that would just be failing to recognize your own cognitive biases. People notice the cognitive um, and motivational biases of others, but they don't tend to be able to see it in themselves. It means that you probably aren't going to be able to see it in yourself. It's highly unlikely. And we are all that way. So don't fight it. Ask others to tell you what your cognitive biases are. And those are usually hard conversations to have. It's hard to listen to because you always think, come on, no, no, no. It's true. Listen to those and get to know yourself. This is all such great stuff. We need to take a break, unfortunately. And I think we still have uh, 16 more (laughs) cognitive biases to get through. So Uh, Don't panic, Anne. If we don't get through all of them, I hope everybody will stop by at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. They'll go pick this up and find it over at Business Insider. There you are. There you are. Okay. Uh, This is Ann Kennedy with CEO Coach and Jillian Music. We're going to take a quick break. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. 
So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner in Outlines Venture Group, and we're talking about cognitive bias, and those are the things that affect our thinking that we may not even realize. In fact, generally, we don't realize we have, and they can actually impede good decision-making, or some of them can be useful to us as we go out and try and raise money for our companies and things such like that. So, number five, Jillian. Yeah, choice, choice supportive yeah. bias. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I'm going to read you direct from Business Insider's article, okay? When you choose something, you tend to feel positive about it, even if the choice has flaws. So it's like how you think about your dog is awesome, even if it bites people every once in a while. Yep. I thought that was a pretty funny uh, you know, uh, description of what goes on. But really think about it this way. Uh, we know this in vehicles. The happiest moment is when you have driven your new vehicle off the lot. And the important thing for the salesperson to do is to congratulate you on having made a good decision because you are likely to think you've had a good decision anyway, made a good decision, and you want it reinforced. In order to reinforce the relationship with you, the salesperson reminds you that you've made a great uh, selection. That will happen if you buy a refrigerator, a sofa, a vehicle, or almost anything else on the planet. If the salesperson is good, they will remind you that you've made a good decision and congratulate you on it. It reinforces this choice supportive bias. Think carefully as you make choices about vendors, suppliers, um, product that you're uh, going to launch, uh, pivots that you're about to make, once you've made them, you have a natural cognitive bias to congratulate yourself on a choice well made and to keep on going down the path. And what we know from in, uh, startup instruction is to fail and fail fast and fail often is far more important. And now you realize why it's a little bit more difficult to do that. It's hard to fail fast and fail often when you have to fight against your cognitive bias to congratulate yourself and to keep on going because you convinced yourself that it was a good idea. Let's I go on to the next one, Anne. The clustering illusion. Oh, yes, yes. It's this tendency to see patterns where no pattern exists. We take a look at random events, and because we've always been told, see the patterns, look for them, and if you can do that, you can leverage them, and so on. Well, it's this tendency to just find it when it's not there. So the example given at the Business Insider is also quite brilliant. It says, it is key to various gambling fallacies. So it's like the idea 
that red is more or less likely to turn up on a roulette table after a string of reds have shown up on that roulette table. You see, uh -huh. the fact that a string of reds showed up on the table is not a pattern. It's a random event every time. Right? Assuming the table is not rigged. That is correct. <laughs> of course. <laughs> exactly. And so we make these, if you will, gambling decisions in our business based on what we think is going to happen again. What was it? Past performance is no assurance of future performance. We say that about the stock market, for heaven's sake. Right? Yep. We throw millions of our dollars into that thing and billions and so on. And, and we hope to make money on it based on what was even while our stockbrokers are forced to tell us the past performance is nominally random over a large space of time. So you must look for deeper insights before you find out where to throw your money. Next is confirmation see, bias. Yes, we tend to listen to only to the information that confirms what we are you know, preconceiving already, our preconceptions. And that's why it's a really hard um, to have an intelligent conversation about climate change, is what the Business Week example says. I like that one very much. But I also think that it is difficult to have a, an, an intelligent conversation around where your company should be headed if you're only listening to information that confirms your preconceived notions. Things like, well, there's no way we could sell to that target market. There's no way we could reduce the cost of X. And there's no way we could sell for more than Y. I can right? see the issues, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of that stuff. So think carefully about how that applies to the conversations you are currently having, you CEOs, with your uh, directors and managers. And certainly think carefully about what your baseline staff is saying, those that you rarely talk to. Get down in there and talk to them. See what they have, their preconceived notions. It could be holding them back from achieving your dreams, or you could be holding your dreams back because they can see it, but you can't. All right. Conservation bias is number eight. So Sounds similar. But yeah, excuse me. It's not even conservation. It's conservatism, I should say. Really, it's where people favor evidence, over, uh, old evidence over new evidence. Right? Remember when the earth was flat? It took a long time before people said the earth was round. And remember when, you know, the universe had some kind of finite something and then it wasn't finite. And I don't know. Remember when Pluto was a planet? Yeah. <laughs> it's not anymore. You know, I mean, people are, you know, bereaved over the fact that it's not a planet anymore. So you can see that there are emotional connections and there are also this cognitive bias things that keep saying, well, no, 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 it, it's probably a planet anyway. They'll come back and tell us that in a few years. What nonsense. Either it is or it isn't, and whether it is or it isn't somehow shouldn't be part of your emotional makeup. This conservatism bias is the desire to hang on to what we already know. So force yourself out of the comfort zone and get new data. Aha, uh -huh, okay. but that leads us next to information bias. Is more yeah, don't always get too much better? <laughs> right. Uh, never, <laughs> actually. Uh, so the deal is, uh, yeah, actually, more information is never better. You need sometimes to get the more information, but you always have to boil it down to the minutia, to really the this or that, until you can finally make that final decision. So sometimes we have this tendency to seek, you know, information that really doesn't affect the action. Stop that. It's, it's just, uh, how should I say, analysis paralysis. That's really another name for it, right? Okay. Only go after that that you need and then move on. 
And on okay. the other side, the flip side uh, of that yeah. is the ostrich effect. I love the That's name. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's the decision to ignore dangerous or negative information, right? And you just bury your head in the sand. So uh, research suggests, for example, that investors check the value of their holdings significantly less often during bad markets. I know that I am guilty of this. When things were really, really tough at the office, but building you know, that my first, uh, you know, attempt at building company and so on, when it was really hard, I would tend not to look at next month's projections of what kind of capital I would need. I would look at silly things and, and think, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, without saying, I'm going to make it because I have X number of dollars and I need to spend that in the next four weeks even. It was that tight. I know I was guilty of the same. So be careful of that. When there's negative information, you better be looking at it. And that doesn't just include, gee, if you're struggling and you're an early stage startup, you know, first of all, yes, look three and four months out and do those projections and make sure that you're ready for it. It will help you make decisions about what to spend and what not to spend in addition to how much money you have to earn, get somehow, whatever. And it gives you actually impetus to go get it. So there are positive results if you get past the ostrich effect. On the flip side, um, it's not just about the, the dollars or the pennies. It's also about um, information, negative information that could impact the launch of something that is your baby and you've been wanting to do it forever. Okay. That's so true. So after that, what about the outcome bias? Yeah. So that's this bit about uh, judging the, um, the process by which you make decisions based on the outcome of what happened. The example of Business Insider has to do with gambling again. It says just because you won a lot in Vegas doesn't mean that gambling your money was a smart decision. See? Right. You, you go, I won a lot, but gambling your money. Those are kind of two things. You know, one is about an instance that happened, an event. The other one is about process. Is gambling money a good idea. So those are the two things you'd be looking at. Um, outcome bias says, well, we launched, you know, product Y and it hit the market at, you know, X volume with this pricing and it cost us that per customer acquisition and abba -dabba -dabba. Do not base your next decision on whether that was a good deal. It's like, yeah, that worked out pretty well. Let's do it again. No, bad, bad decision. You didn't look at how you came to the decision to launch product A before launching product B. You only looked at the outcome of what happened to product A. Maybe you made bad decisions along the way. Maybe you made good ones. But you cannot replicate the good ones or avoid the bad ones unless you're looking at process. Look at process, not outcome. What's Great. next? Well, what's next is we have to let our sponsors have a couple of words. So we'll be right back on CEO Coach. Absolutely. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're talking about cognitive biases. Boy, that's a mouthful, Jillian. (laughs) Tell us more. Right, it's all the gunk we grew up with and experienced so that we can look at the world and we have learned what to expect. But it can they can trip you up or it can be useful. So, you know, Ann, there are like, uh, we're only at number 11 or 12 or whatever. Right, But I wanted to make sure we have time. We're going to do a couple more. And then I want to make sure we have time for kind of the tips that says how to look at these things. And I hope folks will pop over and find the link over on our Facebook page and read the rest of this Business Insider um, article. It's really quite good. So number 12 is overconfidence. Um, when you believe yourself to be an expert in a specific field, and almost all of us are in some field or another, right? we tend to take greater risks. Be aware that you're taking greater risks based only on your self-perception as being a, um, an expert. You're not taking risks based on a good process of decision-making and uh, proper input of information. So be careful of that. Look at how much risk you take based only on your overconfidence. Number 13 is the placebo effect. And that's when simply believing in something makes it happen. Right? Intriguing stuff. I'm going to read direct. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it (laughs) does. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. It does. The placebo effect actually works. And that's what's so scary, right? When simply believing that something will have a certain effect on you causes it to have that effect, right? It's in medicine, people are given fake pills and they experience the same physiological, not psychological, but physiological effects as people who are given the real thing. That's terrifying. Be aware that the placebo effect works, right? There is a mind over matter, and you need to apply it when appropriate in your business. Okay, number 14, pre-innovation bias. Actually, pro-innovation bias. You're absolutely right. It's pro-innovation. I'm so sorry. When you're a proponent, I'm sorry, of an innovation, right, you tend to overvalue the usefulness of that innovation because you are the champion. So if you're championing something in a meeting, be careful not to undervalue the limitations. 
No, really? not if it's the best thing since sliced bread. Come on. Or the yeah, latest new yeah. bright, shiny object. Yeah, Come but on. you know what? Sliced bread goes stale faster because it's sliced. True. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, folks. <laughs> so um, this one has really no um, example in the article. It just says, sound familiar, Silicon Valley? <laughs> I thought that was quite yeah. telling. Yes. Yep. So I should say the same to you folks. Does that sound familiar to you, my CEOs? Okay. If you are moving toward an innovation, be careful to value equally the usefulness and the limitations and then weigh it properly. Recency. Uh, We're going to do one more and then we're going to go into some tips here. So recency is really hot, right? It's the tendency to weigh the latest information more heavily than older data. And that is in direct opposition to the tendency to weight your initial information more heavily than new information. So there is a possibility that both are at, uh, in action and not necessarily at the same time, of course. It's a tendency to weigh the latest information more heavily than old data. And in this case, the uh, example is that investors often think that the market will always look the way it looks today, and then they make unwise decisions. You should be looking at a much larger trajectory, all of that history, not just the today's uh, report. So with that, we're going to say, you want number 16 through 20? Get in there and go find the link. <laughs> you bet. Okay. So how about how, some top tips, huh? How do we address this? How do we leverage it? How do we avoid it? Wh- okay. Whichever is appropriate. What do we do with all this? Right. So the first one I'd say is beware that the biases exist. You look for them proactively and you keep them in the top of your mind during meetings, negotiations, and sales discussions. Right. So that would be things like negotiations with your VCs and so on. Just be aware that these things exist. You can either leverage them or you can avoid problems. Don't just avoid the cognitive biases, right? That really is tip number two. You can honestly leverage these cognitive biases to your uh, advantage. You can demonstrate how many other people believe that your statement is true, and you can do that when helping a client or a VC or team members to see the value of your argument. Okay? It's validation, and you can u- leverage the fact that you know that these cognitive biases exist. Number three, don't rely overly much on the list of the cognitive biases, right? Because that in itself would be a cognitive bias. There you go. (laughs) Right. So instead, I'm saying, look at the larger view of the conversations you've had and the decisions you've made, the roads you've chosen to go down. And without biasing your thoughts based on the outcome, look at the decision-making process you used to get to each of those destinations. And now improve your process. Stop trying to improve your outcomes. Do try to improve your process. And that's the biggest takeaway from cognitive biases. That's so zen. Yes. The <laughs> archer, if everything is put, the bow is held properly, the, uh, it's, the string is drawn back properly, the arrow will go to the center of the target. That is correct. It's all about process. Yes. So I got to take my cognitive biases out here, shake them off, dust them off, see which are useful and which are not. Um, but we have no more time to talk about it today. I'm so sorry. Uh, so that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their support. 
You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links, especially to this article about all the cognitive biases we couldn't get to, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by. You want to see the rest of these biases before you find yourself out committing them for sure. So thanks for joining us. Great. And you can find out more about how Anne and I help companies like yours to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.